Several big federal benefits programs depend on the Consumer Price Index. The CPIs are calculated by the Bureau of Labor Statistics, but the indexes may not be entirely accurate. The Government Accountability Office finds the Bureau has not evaluated whether the data sources it feeds into the indexes produce accurate ones. Here with more, the GAO's Director of Education, Workforce and Income Security, Charles Jessick. Mr. Jessick, good to have you on. Nice to be here. Thanks, Tom. Tell us, first of all, the importance of these consumer price indices. I guess there's more than one, and they apply to a variety of federal benefits programs. What are some of those? Well, the Bureau of Labor Statistics in the United States calculates consumer price index. There are a number of different indexes. Pretty much every advanced industrialized country does this to get a handle of what's going on in the economy and sort of the standard of living for workers. The BLS United States, which is actually a, a, you know, one of the premier statistical agencies in the world, conducts what they call their headline index, the CPIU, which is the Consumer Price Index for All Urban Consumers. From that, they derive several subpopulation indexes, and we have a lot of, a lot of acronyms here, the CPIW, the CPIE. The CPIW, in particular, is the one that is used by Social Security to calculate benefit increases for recipients. Got it. And what is the issue that you discovered with that particular index? It's not just the CPIW, it's also the CPIE, which is an experimental index that uh, BLS uses to estimate the cost of living for people over age 62. And what we found here, and this is from BLS officials and from documentation, is that they're increasingly unsure whether the data sources they use to calculate these indexes are accurate. And this is in terms of whether the outlets where people shop Uh, whether they're using the correct ones, whether they're using the right prices, and whether the mix of goods and services that people use in these subpopulations, whether they have accurate estimates there. What are the data sources? Do they come from retailers, or what, what are the sources they use? Well, there's several sources. The first thing that BLS does is they conduct a survey, the Consumer Expenditure Survey. They get this data, and it's basically what they buy. And they do this, it's a 65,000-person sample each quarter over two years. That's where they get the market baskets. Then what they do is from a sample of outlets, uh, store outlets, and also they get rents from a survey, they calculate the prices and they put them together so you have the weights, what people buy, and then the prices that presumably they're paying. From that, they calculate their headline index, which is the CPIU, and then for the subpopulation indexes, They, for example, for the CPIE, they would focus on people over age 62, and they would adjust the weights to figure out the difference in their market basket. So, for example, for the CPIE, we know uh, older people tend to use more uh, health insurance, health care, and so they will adjust the weights appropriately. So what's the problem? Well, the problem is a number of things. First, the uh, sample size is declining. People aren't responding. The groups, for example, the CPIW, which focuses on uh, urban wage earners, the number of people in that demographic is declining. So you have fewer people who are filling these things out. The other thing is, is that the data are often four years old, can be up to four years old. It takes them two years to collect the data. Then they have to clean it up, process it. And so that lag increasingly is perceived to be a problem because the world is changing pretty rapidly. So, for example, look at what's happened in the last few months with the pandemic. You know, the data for these subpopulations is going to be from four years ago. Are they really picking up the changes? And is it really accurate reflecting what people are buying right now? 
BLS is unsure. It's not clear whether there is an error here, but there's more and more reason to suspect that some of the way they're collecting data, the way that their sample sizes might lead to errors in their calculations. We're speaking with Charlie Jessick. He's Director of Education, Workforce, and Income Security Issues at the Government Accountability Office. So it sounds like the data sources aren't the problem so much as the way they process it and the fact that it takes them so long to match up what they've gathered with usage of it. Well, the lag is certainly a problem, but there's also issues of whether they know, for example, where older people shop. We know, for example, the growth of retail, of uh, shopping on the Internet, whether they're taking into account prices in that regard. They're using surveys where people, they're, they're getting hard copy. So there's a question of whether there should be more of an effort to collect prices off the Internet, what's so-called web scraping, whether they should get prices from third parties. They presumably, you know, some, uh, somebody like Amazon or Walmart to get prices from them to make things more accurate. A lot of those things that they don't do currently that we know actually other countries, the statistical agencies in other countries are doing right now. The other issue is that there are other sources of data within the federal government. For example, in the Department of Commerce, they collect the national accounts data. That could lend itself to, again, increased accuracy, something which they really haven't explored fully. Got it. So your recommendations then are what, and do they have the means to go after them? Well, I think there are two recommendations that we made. The first one is that they should explore the use of other data, particularly from other government sources, for example, the national accounts data, and see whether they can incorporate it into their, into their methodologies. Now, they already do get some data from other agencies. For example, they get data from the Department of Energy on electrical prices. They get data from the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services on adult service prices. So looking at the national accounts and seeing where they could use that, which is calculated from IRS data and a whole bunch of other surveys, could possibly, you know, could conceivably make their, their estimates more accurate. That's one recommendation. The other one is also to reach out further. They do have an advisory council, but to reach out further to other experts, to other nations, uh, statistical agencies, to look at for practices that they're using, for example, web scraping, use of other government data, third-party price data, to see how they can incorporate it more fully into their methodologies. They're doing some of this now. We, we think, though, that they could do more. And frankly, in that regard, working with other institutions, the Bureau of Labor Statistics agreed that they thought that was a good idea. I was going to say they did agree with you. And I guess the question becomes, because this was in your report, resources. Well, resources are always a challenge, particularly during these times. I think at some point, you know, policymakers have to decide, look closely at what the appropriate level of resources are. The recommendations that we made, at least simply looking at consulting other stakeholders, exploring the use of other government data, you know, at face value should not be very expensive. Those are some of the things that they already do. It would not really change their current practices to that great an extent. Charlie Jessick is Director of Education, Workforce, and Income Security Issues at the GAO. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you. We'll post this interview along with a link to his findings at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.